I get to preach this morning. <laughs> fiery. <laughs> Are you feeling fiery? Can I stir you? Can I stir you from those seats there? Come on, I'm going to stoke the fire this morning. I want to stoke the fire. You know, God has put something inside of me, and I know you think this Oaks Mull and he's different kind of thing. He's, but I promise you, I won't strip down to my jocks and start worshiping with you guys. <laughs> Might offend some of you. I did do that once, I will say that. And a bunch of youth, and, we were, and, I, and I was preaching on worship. Just the boys. Just the boys, all right? Had them in a room. Curtains were closed, and it wasn't just me being weird. There were some other leaders with me, all right? And I, and, I, and I stripped down in my jocks, and I said, this is what David did. And they looked at me with big eyes, and they were like, whoa, this sounds weird. But I wasn't alone, and my jocks didn't have holes in them, all right? <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm positive. <laughs> no, the big, no, the big holes in the back like Benny. You guys well? You guys all good? Are you... Are you are you stoked? That's a good surface slang. Are you stoked? Are you, and it comes from stoking the fire kind of thing. Ah, that's where I get it. But are you grateful to be alive today? Are you grateful that Jesus Christ has saved you from your sin? If I look around this room and I, and I pretty much know most of the people I've met this gentleman this morning. I know that gentleman at the back. Good to have you with us. How's it? And um, man, I, I know pretty much every one of us have a relationship with Jesus. So I'm not preaching to anyone that's unsaved here this morning. I'm preaching to a bunch of people that love Jesus. Amen? We love Jesus. We're determined to live according to His precepts for our lives. We're according to live lives that are surrendered to Him. Uh, first off, we've got, to, we've got to be aware that sin is crouching at our door, wanting to rob us and wanting to just keep us held back. And we need to kill sin. We need to put it to death. We need to cut it off. <laughs> We need to not entertain sin. We need to be living lives that are holy and pleasing to our Heavenly Father. And that is a, that is a road that each and every one of us, and I love what Benny had to say, say just now as well, and I'm going to weave it into my preach a little bit, because what, I want to ask us the question this morning, is how is your spiritual GPS? Is it set? You, how many of us know what a GPS is? I mean, some of us... Have, uh, most of us have a clue. We live in a, in a day and age where everyone knows what GPS. But many years ago when GPS first came out, it was this, this incredible technology. But just, uh, I, I read up a little about it, and, and uh, Quinton can correct me if I'm wrong because he's a surveyor. GPS does not use triangulation. It uses triliteration. Okay. Doesn't, trilateration, sorry. Trial angulation is what he as a quantity surveyor would use in terms of determining angles and distance at points. But trial lateration actually works out exactly where you are at. Okay. A GPS uses satellites. We've got satellites floating above us kind of thing. I'm sure you might have seen them on a starry night looking in, at a campfire. Look, there goes the satellite, these things flying. Uh, I don't know how many satellites there are, but I, I think we've pretty much got a junkyard in the heavens above us with the amount of satellites that have been shot into orbit for whatever reason. But in order for GPS to function effectively, there need to be at least three satellites trilaterating where you're at. So if you can imagine a circle, have you ever seen that diagram where three circles intersect each other? I didn't have a board where I could draw it. I should have done a slide and then it would have been really a top kind of breed. But you, you Two circles cross each other at a point, but three circles cause a point to, to cross exactly. 
And that is what, how satellites work. They send out a signal that's in a, in a circular kind of pattern. And where the three, using those three satellites, we can pinpoint almost to uh, an accuracy of about three meters where we're standing. That's incredible how technology is advanced. And, and I, I, I read up a little bit as well that, you know, when, when GPS first came out, it was actually something developed by the, the army, and, and they were the only ones using it. And in order to prevent any guys from making use of this facility, they actually threw it out by a couple of hundred meters. So they would know exactly where they were, but if anyone tapped into their system, they would come up somewhere else. So they, 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 but as technology has improved, and obviously, I mean, we, we have cell phones, we have, and actually cell phones, I don't even think use satellites, they use these masts and things that are around us, if I, if I understand it correctly. Uh, Byron can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, but, I, but basically, uh, now with technology, we can really pinpoint an accuracy, and I'm sure some of you have done it when you've had been given instructions to follow somewhere, uh, Google Maps, and you pinpoint, oh, where am I right now? Send, you, send me your location, and it's there, sitting here. Actually, I had my mother-in-law uh, uh, chatting to Nikki the other day, and she was very worried about Google Maps because she works in the garden in her in her dressing gown. Can they see her? <laughs> Can they see her work, working in the garden? I said, no. But Google Maps has been known to found some very weird things out there. If you do a search of strange things Google Maps have found, it's actually quite out there. <laughs> right. uh, I think they've actually even been able to discover murders, funny enough, that just at that right point, someone has found someone with a murder. Uh, there's, there's some very strange things that guys have seen with Google Maps, so do yourself a favor. But my question this morning to you guys is, how are you and where are you in terms of your spiritual GPS? And how are you, what are your uh, beacons or what are you using to almost uh, give a good kind of, uh, uh, what's the word? Oh, I'm blank. A good marker of where you are at in your walk with Jesus and where you're going. How are you tracking and, and how are you getting from point A to B? And what, what, what are you using to, to get from point A to B? What are those three things? And for some of us, this might be, oh, that's a very basic kind of preach. Or, I mean, that's just some, but for me, you know, I never, never get tired of the basics of, of what Jesus has called us to do. I, I was saying to someone the other day, you know, we can sit through the same uh, preach over and over and over, year in and year out, because uh, we like, sometimes we're like motor cars. We need to get our oil changed regularly. We need to get serviced you need to change the tires in a car every, every so many thousand kilometers. You need to change that, that fan, that filter, whatever it might be. And so as much as a car needs to get serviced or, or a house needs to get painted or anything, I, I believe in a way so do we need to constantly have checks and we need to be, we need to have, be serviced, you know. There's a spiritual servicing that needs to take place. And yes, it's wonderful to, to get new revelation or hear someone preach something new and incredible and wow, I never heard that before, I never seen that before. But sometimes just hearing the same stuff over and over just realigns us again. And it's part of the, the GPS kind of thing. I'm just going, okay, I am walking in the right direction. I, and I am walking where I should be. You know, the, the, I mean, the, the Christian walk in many ways is like walking on an elevator that's going down. Have you ever done that as a kid? You uh, escalate, sorry, not an elevator, escalator. So you walk on those escalator elevators that way, an escalator. That's those trappen wat and it's coming down. So if you ever, as a kid, we used to walk on them, and they, but you walk on the other one. You don't walk on the one that's going down. So you're running up, and you, you're running, you've got to run harder, because if you stand still, you're going to drift backwards. 
you're going to go. And may, in many regards, our walk as believers is like that. That if we're not forward, if we're not one step closer to Jesus tomorrow than I am today, in a sense, we've gone backwards. That's quite a, like, what? No, I honestly believe that every day we need to be striving more. And striving, not, it's not a bad thing. Striving for more of, his, more of, his, more of him. And just not a striving out of a sense I've got to do, but because I want to. Because I, I, I hunger and desire just to be more like Jesus. So what does that mean? It means throwing off, throwing off things and realizing, hey, man, I'm, I'm trapped in this area of sin. And, and man, I need to change. I need to, I need to kill a thing. Can I, you know? How, how do we keep on tracking forward? How do we know where our, spirit, where our trilateratoring point is? I'll use whatever. It's, it's a big, big twist, tongue twister. But how do we know where we're at? And I, I really believe there, there are three ways. And I'm just going to, I mean, there, there are multiple ways, but there, I think there, there are three very key things and, and that we need to just take into consideration. And, and I want to just talk really about those things. Firstly, I think we need to hear the voice of God. We need to be men and women who understand and read the word, and we need each other. Those are three things, I believe, that are very important in this walk with God in terms of going forward and knowing where we're at. And the first thing I want to look at is the voice of God. I mean, how many of us have, heard, have had God speak to us? I'm sure we, many of us can put up our hands and say, I've heard God speak to me, and and, you know, the beautiful thing is if we, we, we look in Scripture and in John chapter 10, verse 27, and we can stick that up, he says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep know my voice. And for me, that just speaks of something so beautiful that as we enter into this relationship with Jesus, and as we get to know him, we know his voice. You know, I'm sure some of you have heard of the story. I haven't witnessed it for myself. But uh, the shepherds, and part of the way, and, and Colin might testify, I don't know if they, they use old uh, shepherding prints, but he's a shepherd. He has sheep. But the one thing I've, I've read about is that those shepherds in the old days, they would, they would be very familiar with the shepherd's voice, that he would just whistle or call, and they would come. He wouldn't, if, if someone else called, they wouldn't listen. But if the shepherd called, they would come. They would gather around. And that, isn't that amazing thing that Jesus says to us? He says, if, if, if you know me, if you, if you mind, you'll hear my voice. He says that in John chapter 8, verse 47. Whoever is of God, hears the words. Who, he who is of God, hears God's words. And therefore, you do not hear because you're not of God. So, so does it mean if we're not of God, we will never hear him? Well, I think that's talking about relationship first. I have heard stories of unsaved people having a booming voice. And I mean, we've heard those stories of guys in, in Muslim countries where Jesus appears to them in a dream and he speaks to them and they get saved and they get radically saved and the whole family comes to turning about, turns about and comes to know Jesus. But I believe in terms of a continuing relationship with Jesus, he speaks to those who are his. Are we his? Are we truly His? Do we know His voice? But I want to say one thing as well, that the voice of God alone, or hearing God speak, is not enough. Not because God is fallible, but because we are. 
So we say, yeah, God spoke to me. And I often heard this, God spoke to me and he told me to do this. And, that's, and we just go on that. No, I heard God. God has given me these, all this, these downloads, this information, whatever you want to use. God has told me this and this and this. Can I just say something? That the voice of God alone is not enough. Because we are fallible. Good example. Broken telephone. Come on, as kids, we played broken telephone. You start out with a message, and by the time it gets to the end of the line, that message has shifted. Why? Is it because the person who initiated the message gave the wrong message? No. It's because somewhere down the line, the message got broken. Parents, you give your child an instruction, or you give both your, your children an instruction. One hears it this way, and then he is it that way, hey? How many of us as parents can really testify to that? Uh, we, 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 we can. <laughs> we certainly can. You give your kids an instruction. One hears this, and another hears that. Is it because I was infallible or because I gave the wrong instruction? No. It's because of how they heard it. So the voice and hearing God speak alone can be dangerous. It can be dangerous. We need, we need to hear his voice. We need to be aware that just his voice alone can sometimes point us in the wrong direction because we hear it through the grid of where we're at, through our lenses. You know, uh, that, that's, uh, was it, you had that picture. We were talking about lenses. That often, you know, we, we, see th- we see things through a lens. How many of you have been to an optometrist? and had your eyes tested, and you're sitting there, and you look at one thing, and then they put one slide in front of you, and they're like, okay, how do you look at it now? And you lift it up, you put another one, and how, you know, that kind of thing. And often we see things through different lenses. We see things through lenses of past experiences. We hear things through past experiences, through, and many of us can testify to that. Maybe in a situation of a relationship where you've been hurt, where someone has broken your trust, and now the next relationship that you have It takes you a little bit longer to trust. It's a little bit harder to trust. So when someone speaks, you go, no, 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 I don't trust you. But it's because you're hearing them through the lens of your experience and the lens of what what you've gone through in life. So hearing that person saying, man, this, like you you don't hear it exactly. You hear it a certain way and you interpret. I've often experienced that when people take offense it's because they hear things through their lenses and through their grid. I'll say one thing, and it's, but that's not what I meant. That's not, that's not how I said it kind of thing. That's why I say to guys, I hate WhatsApping messages because you can't read the tone. You can't read the heart behind it. It's just a... And it's, that's a little emoji. Smiley face, whatever. The, kind of thing. But I always say to guys, pick up the phone. If there's a, you know, I, I want to speak to you. I want to hear your voice. I want you to hear my voice. And if, if I've got to say it again, sometimes I'll say it two or three times so that you can hear me and hear what I'm saying, hear what I'm not saying. So I can definitely say that hearing the voice of God alone is not always safe. The second thing we need is Scripture. The Word of God. The Word of God. Romans chapter 10, verse 17, says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. The Word of God, the the, the written Word of God. I believe that we've been given a Bible, we've been given this book, 
of instructions, of, of a, a manual to life. And it is so helpful to us. But it's not always, not always going to tell us, hey, um, this is what you've got to do right now. But it's certainly going to point us and it's going to be used as one of the points to go in the right direction. And may I say it as well that sometimes the Bible by itself can be a dangerous thing. One of the scriptures that comes to mind, oh, no, I've gone, did I write it down? Well, we know that in Hebrews, let me just, just quote one of, one of the others. Uh, well, we know that all scripture, I'll just read these scriptures, sorry, I've just run ahead of myself there. Go back a little bit. So in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, all scripture is breathed by God. Hey? All scripture is given by the inspiration of God, and it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. All scripture is given. I, I had someone the other day talking about church and how church structure looks, like they're saying, but, but wasn't that Paul and just the, the apostles and the guys in the Old Testament? Yes, it was, but it is written in scripture, and we believe scripture is to be the infallible word of God. Scripture is, you know, and, and it's God's word, and, and again, how we interpret scripture sometimes can be dangerous, sometimes how we read it. And, and often we'll take scriptures and try and play them against each other. Oh, it says this in one part of the Bible and says, oh, but the Bible contradicts itself. No, no, no. The Bible never contradicts itself. We need to take things in context and we need to take things in the fullness of how they've been written. And not only, like I said, not only just scripture, but by, by and I'm going to bring the third uh, aspect into it just now. But we need... That is a component in terms of finding our direction and where we're going. Because if we just hold true to Scripture, and the, um, I, I can't blame where the Scripture is now, but I read it earlier. The, 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 the Scripture alone, the, the letter of the law brings death, but the Spirit brings life. Where's that Scripture? Hey? Corinthians, yes, yeah. Thanks. Um, that, that's, but you know, just that if we just hold to the law of the Scripture without the Spirit, it's going to bring death and keep us in bound. And, and these are the rules and regulations. We hold to these things, and we're going to be very just stuck kind of thing. But it's the Spirit. It's the Word and the Spirit. It's the Word and the Spirit that takes us forward and, and allows us to correct. And, and sometimes we need to auto-correct according to the Word of God. But it comes through more than just that, more than just being held. It comes through the Holy Spirit, being led and, and being full of the Holy Spirit. I, I love <clears throat> when I was reading, and, and this brings me to the third point of the, 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 the GPS signal, and I believe that is others. That, that is, we, we need one another. We need one another for a course of direction. And Benny uh, shared a little bit about that uh, earlier in, 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 the, in the beginning of the meeting, that we need the church. We, we need one another. Sometimes we, we think we've heard from God, we've read it in Scripture, but someone else comes to us and says, no, buddy, you're taking this thing totally off. And he just gives us a little bit of a smack, and suddenly he's like, oh, okay. How many of you can, I can definitely testify to that, that sometimes I've thought, man, I'm going down a direction, I've heard God, and one of the guys that I'm submitted to, one of my leaders, and this is really where they come in. Hebrews uh, speaks about being submitted to leaders and working in team with your leadership as well. And they, I just, she just says, Nehman, you, you, you're not seeing it like it should be. And I'm like, oh, okay. 
uh, now, now I see it. And, and suddenly the blinkers are, are off because it's, a, it's another perspective. And then, I, and then he starts to point me in the right direction and say, no, but look at this and, and go back to God and just wait on God some more. Because the, the reality as well, when I, why we need one another is because the heart, the scripture says the heart above all is deceptive and it's wicked. And if we follow our own inclinations all the time, we're going to be like one of those vehicles that's, that's uh, it's, it's balancing or its alignment is out. And it's constantly going to want to drift towards a direction. If we are, if, you, know that, you know that our theology shapes our culture and it shapes how, how, how we think? And also how we think can shape our theology. Did you realize that? I mean, so, so that's why we need one another. That's why we need the church. We need the bride. And, and we see in Ephesians that it's through the church that God is revealing his great mysteries. It's through the bride of Christ, this beautiful thing that you and I get to be part of. We can't be individuals going for it on our own because we are fallible. We haven't, Scripture even says that we only know in part and see in part. We don't have the full revelation. I've I've so often come across guys and people that just go, man, you know what, it's just me and God. I don't need the church. I don't need to be involved. And it's just me. I'm going to be sitting and and doing my own Bible study at home. And this is me and Jesus. And I'm going, well, that's wonderful. and, and, And that's great. But you're missing out on the full picture. You know, when we only have two points instead of three, we're going to start to go off a little bit. You know, and that's the thing with GPS, I think, as well. When, when, when one of those satellites isn't functioning properly, and maybe it uses only two of them, we might initially be only one degree off. But if we're walking in a line, and say this is point A, and at the end of the door there, where you guys are sitting at the back there, and if I take, I'm going to do that. You can see for those up front, my foot is there. There's the straight line. Now, at this point, it's a very small degree. But if I, I'm going to actually even make it smaller so you can see. So let's do this quickly. It's it's a bit hard for you guys to see, but trust me, because you can see my feet are standing. Trust me, my feet are standing. I'm going to divert my left foot. It probably looks like maybe 10 degrees, okay? So there's the straight line there. Let's say the carpet, that middle line, that's a good one there. And there's, there's one degree. Now, if I'm walking on my journey to God, look how, I'm going to try and go straight. Look how far it starts to divert from the plumb line. So by the time I get to the door, if I draw a straight line from there, I'm probably going to be there. But if this was the original line here, and it was only one degree off here in the beginning, when I got that revelation maybe, that down the line I'm going to be there. How far off am I from where I should be? And that's quite, quite a radical, what's the word? Deviant, eh? Deviation from the truth. So, so that's why... Having one another in our lives, as Benny alluded to earlier, is so important that we can take Scripture and we say, hey, man, I've been reading this, and, and, and please, Google's not a friend. Okay? <laughs> Google is not, a, not one of the body. <laughs> I'm just spinning. Google's not one of the body. He's, he's not there watching you every day, looking at your life and going, uh, this is how, please. Google is not, the, is not part of the body. They can't hold you to account of the decisions you make. I don't know, some cloud out there, some server center in the middle of the desert in wherever, Nevada, <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, those server rooms are huge kind of thing. But it's, it's one another. We need one another to, to come alongside and say, 
hey, Colin, well, I noticed the way you were in that moment with your son. Is, is there something we need to talk about there? Is there like, this holding one another to account. But not only in that, in terms of big decisions in life. And, and that's why when I started off, I'm talking about our, our, our GPS and specifically our traction and going forward in God. So when we make decisions, and I, and I want to put this out there, when we make big decisions that affect us in terms of where we're going, we don't make those decisions just because we've heard God or because Scripture has confirmed it alone. We go to someone else, and we go to those in leadership, those who we respect. I know Duan and Mandy made a decision to move down to George. They didn't just make it because they felt the Lord speak to them. They went to their leaders. They went to their leadership and submitted it to their leaders. And the guys, man... Yeah, we probably were some cautions. Be aware of this. It might be a challenging journey for you guys. And it has been kind of thing. But yet, if I look at them, I think, man, I think you guys have grown in your relationship with Jesus because you've had to trust in Him and put your faith in Him more than ever before. But they didn't just make the decision because God spoke and that was it. We're going, to Mos- we're going to George because it's a lack of place. They went to their leadership. They went to guys who they were submitted to and they, they said to them, what do you guys think? And there was a, there was a, a, a witness of spirits. There was a witness of hearts. And, I, I mean, we see it even in, I think it's in Acts chapter 15, uh, verse 18. I, I love this. I, I think this is the one. Can you pop that up, Bex? Uh, okay, I think I m- might have given you only half the scripture. Sorry. But it, the portion says, it says, um, can you give me the whole thing? Nin- 1920 as well. Just, just give me, sorry, uh, uh, just give me there. Okay, I need to go. I need to go. But anyway, it says, it seemed, (laughs) thanks, Ronnie. uh, The scripture seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I think it's Acts 15. It it seemed, and uh, and in those days, Peter stood up at the midst. And now you've got Acts 1, babes. It's okay. Acts 15, from verse 18. But anyway, the scripture says it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. Isn't that interesting? There we go. Let's see. No, known to God from eternity. 22. Sorry, this is how my brain works. I know you guys love me, which is great. I can get away with murder. <laughs> oh, not, not really. <laughs> can you jump on to the next 22? Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the church. I love where for my. Okay. Sorry. I, yeah, okay. That's. Everyone, trust me. Yeah. Verse 28. Thank you, Walter's on the ball. Let's stick verse 28 on the ball. That's what I love about family. We can help each other. Thank you, Walter. Verse 28. Bex. 15, 28. Dun, dun, dun. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. I love that. That that there was something of man's own understanding in that, but to the Holy Spirit and to us. So, yes, we rely on the Holy Spirit, but also sometimes, I mean, He's given us a brain, He's given us ability to think, and He's given us uh, just decisions as well. But in this case, there was a, a unity between the saints and the Holy Spirit. They, they, that it wasn't just them following the Holy Spirit. That man, as they, the Holy Spirit witnessed in their hearts, and they bent, but that's what we felt. It was a confirmation for what they, what they felt. 
So how often are we, are we making decisions just out of our own intellect or just because, hey, Benny said, oh, are we being led by the Holy Spirit? Are we waiting on the Lord? Are we, there needs to be a, 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 I keep wanting to say triangulation, that word stuff, but I know it's, but you know what I mean, because it's, it's not the correct, funny enough, it's not the correct uh, use of the word, but, it, but you know what I'm trying to get at. <coughs> Man, uh, yeah, I, I, my, you know, for me, I want us to go forward as a body of believers, of men and women who love Jesus. And, and I know the, the, the way we're going to track, get traction is firstly by loving one another. As Benny said, man, sharing in one another's homes and, and being devoted to one another and just not only having so much just prize, but are we, are we getting together to pray? I love, like this week, uh, Quentin and I went for a cycle and we stopped at a point of the mountain and we said, man, let's just pray for a moment. And we took about 15 minutes of our, of our hour cycle to pray. And, and are, we, are we doing that, not just going for a good, a good run or a, or a good whatever, or a lack of bribe, but are we taking moments to, to, to pray for one another and encourage one another? Uh, this week at community, we, 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 we celebrated a lot of birthdays in, in our com, and, and, and it was great. It was incredible. I, and we took a moment afterwards to say, hang on, let's pray for guys. Let's pray for those who have celebrated their birthdays. Man, we're a family. Are we, as a, as a family, devoted to one another and, and, and holding each other to account so that as we get to know one another, we can, we can come alongside and say, hey, John, oh, that decision, I don't know if that's the greatest thing. And I know we're going to be spending some time in the future planting some trees. <laughs> and we're going to like, it's, it's not only going to be like what feels good, but we're going to go, Holy Spirit, where do these trees need to get planted so that they're going to produce the most fruit kind of thing. But, and I'm sure as a, as a farmer as well, I mean, there are times when you go before the Lord, and it's not just because of what feels good to me, but it's the Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me and give me, uh, give me insight into where, what needs to happen here. But more than that, okay, that's, that's great. But I think in terms of our general spiritual tracking and where we're going, just want to bring it back to those three points. Yes, we need to hear the voice of God. But in, in hearing Him speak to us alone is not enough. And we need to be hearing God for ourselves. Often guys come to us and say, well, what do you think? What do you think? If you're constantly coming to us as elders and not hearing God for yourself, you're also going to go off filter. Okay, we're not the end all and be all of it. Yes, we, we're men and we are fallible, but you need to hear God for yourself. So we come to, so, so if you're always running to the elders and, oh, this is going on, what do you think? Or, or what do you think I need to do? Where, where do I need to go? Do I, no. Are we going to Jesus ourselves? Are we waiting on Him and spending time just waiting on the Lord and saying, God, speak to me. Speak to me through your word. Speak to me and let it be, let it be some, man, that it would be, we, we, we talk about it being confirmed. And I think these are the confirmations that sometimes need to happen. We need to hear, then, then the word, we need the word of God. We need scripture. And, and scripture's not always going to say, you need to go to Hoodsprate and plant a church. So how does, you know, <laughs> which, which we almost did, true story. So how do, you, how do then we line it up? Well, Scripture didn't say I need to actually go and start a business in George. I mean, we didn't hear that Scripture. So how do we line up Scripture into that triangulating point kind of thing? You thought about that. I, I thought about it. Well, I think Scripture is very clear about how we need to live our lives, submitted one to another. Scripture says submit unto one to another. Submit unto your leaders. Scripture is telling us that you know, when you make big decisions... Don't just make it on your own. It's actually pointing to the church. It's pointing to your brothers. It's pointing to, to one another. But there have been times when, when Scripture has uh, spoken to us. I think uh, maybe um, 
you want to share that, that example quickly when, when we move back to Cape Town about the tree? You want to share that quickly? Yeah, come share. Come. Come share. Come share. So, uh, <laughs> from when we moved back to Cape Town, so when we... So in 2013, we had been living in Oatsun for eight months. We were in Oatsun because we were asked to go help a church transition. And at the end of eight months, and they asked us to go back to Cape Town. And that whole season was, yeah. So yeah, for a, for a few months when we got back, I just felt like the ground was gone. It felt like there was turmoil around me. I couldn't figure out which was left or right. For, for no specific reason, there was nothing specific. It just felt like the carpet had been swept up and we were upside down and we didn't know what next. But not that anything wrong had been done. So then I, I went to a friend, a fellow elder's wife, and I sat with her and I, just, I said, can I just say everything that's inside because it just feels like everything's a mess inside and outside and I just poured it out. And I, just re I remember one thing she said um, in the whole conversation. She said, it feels like God is chop down your tree at the stump. And that's what I took away with me. And not long after that, God spoke to me in the Word, and there's a scripture in Job 14 where it speaks about a tree that's chopped down at the stump. It's actually beautiful. If we can, can we put it up? It's, my, it's become my favorite scripture verse. John, Job 14, verse 7 and 8. It's beautiful the way it puts it. I don't want to get it wrong. For there is hope for a tree if it is cut down. Bearing in mind her exact words are, I feel like God's cut you down to a stump. There is hope for a tree if it is cut down that it will sprout again and that its tender shoots will not cease. Though its root may grow old in the earth and its stump may die in the ground. The next verse is well, sweetie. Um, yet at the scent of water, it will bud and bring forth branches like a plant. So from there, as, so first it was a trusted friend who is a leader, and I heard those words. That's what I walked away with. He's cut my tree down. He's cut my, I don't know why he's cut my tree down. I don't know if I did anything wrong. I don't know if it's just the gardener has decided to cut it down. I'm not sure what the reason is. I haven't figured out yet <laughs> what the cause was. But I feel like I heard her say, and I felt like God said, I've cut you down at the stump. And then he spoke to me through the word. And then I just said, I'm not moving. I just keep serving, one foot in front of the other. It doesn't matter what it feels like around me. It doesn't matter if it feels like a mess inside me. I will not be moved. God has planted me here. I might be a stump, but I will just keep doing what he's asked me to do. And I lived, I, that was probably three years it felt like that. And I used to go to bed at night and just go, I'm a tree chopped down, but that's okay. I just keep doing what Jesus is. I don't know why he chopped me down. And, and then he spoke to me again. Somewhere in that journey, there's, a, there's in Leviticus, he's speaking to the Israelites and he's teaching them about planting trees when they go into new land. And he's talking about fruit trees. And he says, for the first three years, the fruit is forbidden. And then in the fourth year, it lined up also with stuff we were doing in the garden. We were planting trees. And I remember the one morning I went, and they say, when you plant a new tree, you must pluck the fruit because its roots need to. And I remember the first time I did it, I felt a pain in my spirit. And I was like, oh, that, 
that's not normal. Like, and I went to Con, and I was like, what was that? Like, yo, that really hurts pulling the fruits off. And then he gave me the scripture in Leviticus 19. For three years, the fruit is forbidden. You may not touch it. In the fourth year, it'll bear fruit, and it's yours, but it must be an offering to the Lord. Don't eat it. And in the fifth year, and we read it again this morning, in the fifth year, it says, eat the fruit so that it'll give you a bigger yield. And I said to Chad, sure. And anyway, so he spoke to me, and I, I felt like that season of the water coming and new sprouts going would be five years, and I mustn't attempt to start feasting on the fruit. Because I'd like, oh, life, 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 and you ran off to where there's life. Like, no, 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 stand still, stay where you are. Water is coming, and shoots will start to come, but it's not yours to eat yet. And so I think five years was like 2018. So it's time to eat fruit. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's like... A- bit of our personal journey in terms of this thing of how we've tracked over the years in terms of just being led by God speaking. I mean, God spoke to us clearly over a season. There we go, some apple for you. <laughs> he, spoke to, <laughs> he spoke to us clearly. I think He spoke to me. He spoke to our leaders. It was confirmation and then through the Word. And, and yes, I might not have received that scripture like she did, but I believe we're one flesh. We, you know, and God spoke to the two of us because it was a direction and a course that we were setting as a family. So he, so he was speaking to Nikki, he was speaking to me, and he was speaking to our leaders. So I think that, that is the encouragement for any of us in this place as we are going forward. I mean, I've got many stories, um, you know, just as over the years of how we've made decisions. I've never made decisions just because I've heard God speak. Uh, you know, that's, it's great when God does speak. And even through prophetic, I mean, we've had people come and confirm things through prophetic. But then uh, there have been times when then I've submitted it to my leaders. I've gone to the guys and I've, th- those that I'm accountable to and said, what do you guys think? Can I have your perspective? I'm not asking your permission because ultimately I've got to hear God for myself. But their perspective is so valuable. And it's been great. There's, there's, that, there's that wonderful. And then they see things, or maybe there's cautions. Or, and again, is it just because my heart is inclined to that thing? I think Andrew's, I mean, some of you might have heard Andrew speak about wanting to plant a church in Jeffreys Bay. And he's like, no, he's not going to do that because his heart's inclined to, to surf and to be a surfer. So, so God's got to speak through people outside radically than just him hearing God's voice. Because if he does, that's what he's inclined. That's where he's, he, he's bent to. And, and, and the same goes with, with Scripture. As much as we, 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 will, we will, Scripture, you know, often I've heard guys say, but Scripture has told me this, and I've read Scripture, and this is what the Word's saying. And, you know, we often have a bent towards a certain thing. I mean, that's, how many of you have seen that on Facebook? Or, or when you do certain searches on, on the Internet, that all of a sudden things start popping up in your feed. That's because that's your bend. They're very clever. They're logarithms and things written in place that as you search over certain things, it starts to send you adverts. I remember that one year searching for the Garden Root Game Lodge. We were looking at prices for a night away, and I just searched it once. And the next time I went back, there was this advert for Garden Root Game. It just kept on popping up. And I'm like, what the heck's with that? (laughs) But that's how it works. uh, There's this subtle kind of inclination, my heart is, is bent towards something. And we know through Scripture that we can't always trust our own heart. We can't always trust our own feelings. Because the Word says it's, it's deceitful, it's wicked. We need, we need people. So if, if you have a feeling in your feet, <laughs> go to someone else. Go to the Word of God. Go to Him in prayer. But go, like, get perspective. Go to someone you trust and say, hey, we're feeling God moving us to another church even. I mean, that's often guys just come 
And they say, no, we're going to another church. Hang on a sec. Have you, have you submitted that to the guys? Have you come with a perspective and going, this is what we're feeling, God leading us here. What are you guys feeling? Where, where are we at? Because, yeah. I mean, we've, we've had many stories, and, and just in terms of the, the journey, and that, that's one of the stories of just knowing. And I'm sure each of us have got times or moments, but even maybe some of us have maybe made decisions out of that. And I don't want you to feel condemned this morning. I don't want you to feel, you know, I made a decision and it, was, it, it ended up going pear. You know, there's, the, the Word says there's now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But we need to go to Him sometimes and say, you know, Lord, that decision I made back then to to move or start, a, start my own business or whatever it might be, actually was a decision I made on my own without any perspective, without even really, I thought I was speaking to you, but actually it was the desire of my heart. And, and I manipulated it a little bit because we can. We can manipulate our thoughts because of where our heart's at. Like, oh, I believe God told me this. And I mean, even for me, wanting to go to Hoodsprade a few years ago, man, I love the bush. And I tell you, that road of wanting to go to Hoodsprate, even though it had come through prophetic words, well, actually some words of people, and, and even though it was something of, of, of someone coming to me and saying, I feel God's going to send you to that place, I, it suddenly it, it pulled my heart there because that's where I w- really wanted to be. In hindsight, I look back and I say, thank you, Jesus, that I never went there. Honestly, I can honestly say that. I think, thank you, Jesus. Firstly, I wouldn't be here with you guys having so much fun because we are. <laughs> but I tell you, I think... I think that the spiritual desert I would have gone through because of what's transpired, and I don't want to go into the, all the details, but I'm the thank you, Jesus, that I had more than just my heart or more than just someone else telling me, but I actually had other things as well, just pointing me in the right direction. But my heart is really, again, I just want to say for each and every one of us, especially for you youngsters, many decisions, Kian, Noah, Michael, Kiana, Tim, and Benjamin, got it right. Who else is here? Hey, Noah, hey? David, where's David? David, David, he's, he knows where he's going. Cause <laughs> you guys, but you, and even for us older folk, mature folk, Benny. <laughs> Ronnie, Walter, for, for many of us older folk, and I'll read to you, for you guys as well, like, man, we've still got to be hearing God for where we're going. We can't just say, I've been there, seen it, got the T-shirt, Now's my time to just put it in neutral and coast. Man, we've got to be constantly on the front foot. I love what you said. Like, man, I want to go on an outreach again. When are we, when are we going on an outreach? When's that happening? We don't retire. We refire. Retire is what you do to a car. Okay. So <laughs> we've got to refire. We've got to hold on to this thing and keep the main thing the main thing, and that is Jesus. That is his kingdom. So I hope that encourages you guys. I mean, honestly, I, I, I wrestled this week in terms of what to share with you guys because coming, you know, coming, preparing a word doesn't come naturally to me. I'm just going to put it out there. Preparing a preach, for me, it's easier to sit behind the piano and lead you in worship. For me to do this and to come and share and just to, just to teach you guys, I've, I've got to work hard at it, you know. And I know it doesn't always come out right, but it's okay. I hope you get the heart of it, that we had to please Jesus. We had to build His kingdom. But we've got to do it with, his, with Him speaking to us, with His Word, and with each other. We need each other, guys. We need His Word. We need to hear His voice. And let those three things be the, those triangulating points, that just those satellites that lead you as you go in this walk. And, and I trust that, that you won't make any decisions just based on how you're feeling and just because it feels good or because of your circumstances. Don't make a decision just because things are going bad. 
If you feel like, oh, we can't, like, like oh, we haven't got work, and now no, we've got to go back to, to like, it's honestly for you guys, like, the thing of, like, things just haven't worked out, so we've got to go back to Pretoria. Uh, those kind of, those are snares from the devil, because it's almost like, well, did we, then you start to question, did we really hear God? Did he really speak? Yes, he did. Because it wasn't only just you guys, it was through a number of other people that he, that he spoke. But we've got, to, we've got to go forward. And the thing I often believe is this, I'm going to throw this little nugget out there as well. Never make a move or, or a decision that affects your life in a time of winter, but in summer. What happens in winter? The leaves die off, the tree goes into hibernation. It's an unfruitful time. You might even think the tree's dead. Like I did. <laughs> True story. I heard this week that a tree that I thought was dead and supernaturally came back to life actually loses its leaves in winter. I was devastated. <laughs> Don't make decisions where you would uproot the tree and move somewhere else when the tree's in hibernation. Because the tree's going to die when you try and there's going to be nothing to sustain that tree. If you've got to make a decision that affects your life, drastically make it when there's fruit when there's health when there's people around you when God's doing things because that's the best time to move because often those are the times when God's going to use you the most if you move when you're offended or you miffed off or because the situations are not going lacquer you're going to take that with you and you're going to bring it into that situation where you're at not so when you go go with health go that where the next place you go to and the next the next people you're part of whatever or the next town that you bring in life that you're bringing fruit, that you're bringing amazing things. Heinen, some of you guys might have met Hein and Michelle. She's outside there. But they, they're hopefully moving down to, to George within the course of a year. But he, he knows that, 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 that God's got them in a good space. And, and if he moves in a bad place, even in terms of attitude towards leaders and that kind of thing, it's, it's tell you what's going to bring a sif attitude. Yeah, I don't want that. We saw that your attitudes at home. God, <laughs> I tell you what, God had to do that in me. I just, it just reminds me of what happened with us. And I've shared this story quickly as we close. I've been going on long enough. But this whole thing with Hootspray that I've shared to you with about, that sort of brought some serious things in my life to the surface. I suddenly realized that I had possibly aspirations towards leadership that weren't really godly. I was striving and desiring things that weren't really of God. It actually raised certain issues in my heart towards other leaders. Suddenly, I had a moment where I could have become divisive in our leadership in Josh Jane. What? You, Chad? Yes, me. I had a moment where someone did something, one of the other leaders did something, and it caused my heart to just get a little bit callous towards him. And in that moment, by God's grace, he stopped me in my tracks. And I had my wife also just pointed out and said, Babes, you're going down a dangerous road. If you let that thing grow in your heart and fester, it's going to become callous. And who knows what you're going to do and how you're going to stunt what God has for us in the future. Yes, I tell you, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I, I was on the phone to that buddy of mine. I said, bud, I'm sorry. In my heart, I've slandered you. In my heart, I've got an issue. I've, been a, I've allowed offense to creep in. And I, like, I know as elders, we need to stand up and repent. And I was like, I'll even stand up before the church and repent kind of thing. He's like, no, 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 it's okay. You don't have to. That Sunday comes and he says, no, I think you've got it. I was like, whoa, okay. I wasn't planning for that one. And, and you know why we do that as a, as a leadership? is because as those who lead, we will give a greater account one day before the Father than, than the sheep. 
we will give a greater account. So I, yes, I just needed, so I went and I did. I humbled myself. I stood up before the church and I said, guys, I'm sorry, I messed up. This week, I allowed this and this in my heart and it caused division in our team. And I need to kill that thing right now because in order for God to take me into the more, which one day he might do, this thing needs to be rooted out of me. And that was two years, I think, eh? but just over a year and a half before we moved here. Imagine if that thing had come here with me, if that thing was sitting here. Imagine that it would breed amongst us, like an attitude towards our leadership or an attitude to, sure, heaven forbid. Thank you, Jesus, that is interested in us enough to, for us to deal with those little things. And we've got to sort them out. So I could move out of a place of health. And, and we did. We moved out of a place of just health and, and just freedom. And, and uh, so that's, yeah, that's, that's where we're at. We've got to go for it. We're going we're gonna to soldier on. We're going we're gonna to lift, lift up holy hands and power for Jesus because he's called us to build his kingdom. Amen. Amen. Man, it's a, it's a glorious thing to build church with each and every one of you. And I trust that as you go from this place, that that thing would just, you know, it would just be something that you can just think back on. Every time you're faced with a decision, a man, okay, Jesus, have you spoken? Is it, is, have, have you confirmed it in your word? Have you, is, is there something I need to just, I've heard through your word. Or, and then let me just go to, let me just go to one of the leaders. Go to Benny, go to Bob, come to me, the BBC. <laughs> and I'm, <laughs> yeah, you know, that's a new one, Bob, Benny, and Chad, the BBC. <laughs> just <laughs> come and get perspective. And, and, and as we see guys raised up within our own context, I'm trusting in God, you know, for this year, for, us, for more leaders to emerge from amongst us. Man, we, we're growing, and God's growing us. And, and let, us, let us grow from strength to strength. Be encouraged and be of good cheer. Hallelujah. Amen. Cool. Can I pray for us? And then we can have a cup of coffee and kayotabiki outside. Don't run home. Thank you, Jesus. Oh. Lord, I know you, you're building things into our foundations, and, and these are things that we, we need to, to just to take to heart. Lord, I know I do. I, all of us need to be reminded of these things again, just of how we, we walk forward with you and how we, 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 we live this, this walk out. And, and Lord, I pray that for each and every one of us this morning, even those that are not here, for whatever reason, away, sick, or whatever, Father God, I pray that, Holy Spirit, you would continue to do what you're doing in and through us, Lord Jesus. I thank you so much for what you're doing in and through us. I'm so excited when I, I, again, when I look around this room and see the gold in each and every individual that you're mining out of us. And we're starting to like, just become these beautiful instruments for you, Jesus, and for your glory and for your name. And Lord, we would never make this thing about ourselves and about what we can get out of it. But Lord, it's all about you. It's all about you, your glory. And be made more into your likeness, Lord, because we know that when you are most glorified, we are most satisfied, Jesus. So we do. We lift up your name and we, we glorify you. We, we honor you, Jesus. And keep us on track. Lord, help us of this thing to, 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 to hear your voice, not only for ourselves, but, but, but also that, Lord, we would, we would be men and women who are passionate about the Word of God and, and being stuck into the Word and, and also just... Keep, you know, holding each other to account and, and submitting one to another, getting perspective from one another. And as we build your kingdom, we pray this in your precious name, Jesus. Amen. 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 Be blessed. Have an incredible week. And we look forward to seeing you guys in communities in the week. Amen.